Good evening, friends, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined remotely uh, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? You, you, you got the cabin fever yet? Yeah, I can't come into the uh, to the big studio. This, our studio's closed. You can't you can't make it out to the porch this week. Nope, they're uh, we're social distancing everything. Yep, yep. So Dennis and I are not recording from the same room this this week, right, Dennis? That's true. That's an that's an accurate statement. <laughs> how uh, how is the uh, so for for me as Dennis was alluding to, I'm I'm working from home, mm-hmm. so uh, which is different thing for me. I mean, I I'm a my my trade is. Um, web manager for a major university and I can work from home, but I often do a lot of personal things like talking to people and having meetings and, you know, getting people on the same page. And one of my big fortes is being able to talk to people like, you know, having a personal touch type thing for the IT stuff. And I can't do that. And it's different. It's weird for me. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. I know you say that you're, you're bad at communicating a text. I think that Almost everybody is bad at communicating in text. <laughs> so, sure. uh, I am an extrovert, so it's a little different. I mean, for hmm. extroverts can draw their energy from people around them, but it doesn't mean that they can't be on their own as well. Right. I enjoy my time at home and quiet, and it's nice. But after a while, it's like I'm walking around the house and I'm talking to myself. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. For me, I have been trying to do a thing that does not come naturally to me, but. Oh, not even not to say anything about that introvert extrovert thing because I'm definitely mm-hmm. an introvert, which does not mean that I can't, you know, go to a very crowded, crazy event like ICGCon yeah. and have a good time. But yeah. I need, you know, I need about a week to sort of recover and recharge after that. Uh, sure, yeah, that yeah. thing. This, but but the yeah. other thing that I that I don't do naturally is try to focus on positive things. Right. Try not to, <laughs> which is really bad at this day and age to right get now to not to get too down on stuff. I went to the grocery store yesterday against yeah. uh, probably conventional wisdom, but I've had this plan and, and desire in my mind since before ICGCon that I wanted to make chili uh, sort of yeah, yeah. A, a version of chili from the uh, Binging with Babish YouTube channel. It's pretty famous, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Um he makes his version of Kevin's chili from the office. If you remember that episode where Kevin yeah. spills chili all over the carpet, um, and it's a little, it's a little fancier, I think maybe than, than, uh, than, than necessary. But he starts the chili with dried chili peppers, not the little tiny chili pepper, but like some more mild, smoky, warm uh, 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 chilies. And yeah. so I had those chilies, but I needed some produce i needed tomatoes and something else oh jalapenos because i wanted a little bit of actual heat in it and so i went to the store and i got a lot of pictures of uh where where shelves were empty apparently it had been really crazy earlier in the week but it was just like a normal normal level of crowdedness when i was there we didn't have any trouble parking um but and there was nothing there were sections of the shelves that were short on some things, um, but I don't think I saw anything that was completely gone except for instant ramen, which is kind of funny. That um, is funny. But they had limit five signs on like the bread, the pasta, the butter, the rice, macaroni and cheese, um, just to kind of control that thing, right? Because everybody yeah. 
you know, has some level of panic. And boy, if you go and, you know, you're freaking out. And so you buy every, you know, 50 packages of, of macaroni and cheese that are there. Then, then I mean, not that macaroni and cheese is a staple, but like bread, for example, you know, if you buy so much bread that the stuff you have is going to start to mold before you use it all. N- now there's, you know, a person down the line who needs bread, who can't, who can't get it. It's like people can't right. get toilet paper now because the stores and they were restocked with not fully restocked, but they did have enough toilet paper at this. Yeah. The I mean, I that, to, that's but. some of the, some of these things is that, you know, being from Indiana, I'm sure it's the same in many other places, but when there's word of a blizzard coming, all of a sudden the entire stores are swamped and emptied. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, I, this isn't the first time that I've seen this. Um, and, no, I mean we usually, we lived through Y2K, right? Yeah, exactly. Usually usually you'll have, you know, the the industries will bounce back and supply more things. I mean, it's different with this kind of a pandemic in that all of the industries that supply toilet paper and hand sanitizer and grocery food are also hurting for people. They can't get people to come into work or they're yeah, um, I mean there's we so- get stuff from China, you know. Right, all of our stuff that comes from China. Oh, hey, so Moving into our our show here, normal here. Do you did you get to watch uh, our our show this week? I did, I did. So let's let's talk about that for a little bit. So this week we watched uh, the 2011 crime drama Drive, starring Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan. Um, Carrie Mulligan. Oh, she was that. That's who that was. She's the girl. She's um, that is uh, uh, Marcus Mumford's wife. Last I okay. heard, that's I'm, the, I'm assuming from the band Mumford. Yeah, and Sons. that's the the writer and lead singer of Mumford and Sons. Does she is she in anything else? Um, I've seen her. She was in an episode of Doctor Who, and she was in a couple of um, BBC costume dramas. Uh, uh, to bring up Charles Dickens again, Dickens adaptations. Um, uh, I don't know that I've seen her in anything else uh, modern. Sure, you know, m- m- in a modern setting. I, uh, I will say, like, well, I'm, I'm going to sound terrible th- saying this, <laughs> and I'm going to say it later on in the show too. Is that um, she's very cute? Like sure. that. That was something in the whole show that, like was real important. I mean, she's what, I, what I, what I called as I was watching, like, I was like, wow, she's Ryan Gosling cute. Right. Like, like she's, they match perfectly on their like attractiveness scale. Yeah. Thing. I mean, if you've got a love interest for Ryan Gosling, like you've got to have, you know, Ana de Armas in, in Blade Runner 2049 or, mm-hmm. um, Rachel McAdams in notebook. Like there's gotta be some, some parody there for the audience to, uh, to, to buy it. To believe it. Right? Yeah. Which yeah. Is and, sort and of it, a horrible thing to say, but no, but no, that's why I said it's it kind of a weird thing to say, but that's very, that was very true. It's like they, they match, if not in looks the same way. I was like, you know, as, as a guy who, who, uh, is attracted to, to women, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, know the, the Ryan Gosling thing, but you know, I kind of get, I understand it. You know, when I see someone like this, I'm like, Oh, she's, she's very, very cute. I'm like, Oh, that is exactly how, how women see more people see Ryan Gosling. He's, he's a attractive, adorable guy. So in this movie, they were very, that was something that draw me, you know, true, true, to true. her, it's I guess. Was very, this, you know, like, yeah, they, they seem, they seemed well suited. So let's, yeah. um, hit the bell because we're going to spoil this movie. Um, and then after in the next 
chapter marker, we'll give our final thoughts. So two, this 2011, I, I don't, you know, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of Ryan Gosling movies before this list, at least. Yeah. Does he I have had, like three movies here or just two? Or <laughs> um, well, we saw The Notebook. Um, I happened yeah. to watch Blade Runner 2049 when we saw Blade Runner, but of course he's not right. in the original Blade Runner. Um, right. This movie is on here. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's got a lot, but it felt maybe just felt like because maybe because I watched the the new Blade Runner two, you know, it made me think of him. Sure. But anyway, uh, he is pretty versatile in this one. Like I, I like that he's a different. He does good acting. He's yeah, not. This is such a. I I watched another weird, weird another unusual movie he did uh, called Lars and the Real Girl. That's the other one I watched, right? I just watched that oh, one not you, too long ago. Either. Oh, you have you did see that recently? I, I did. Yes. I don't remember why it like popped up on Netflix or or Prime or something back. It's from '07, and I think I probably saw it in like 2010 or t- like it was a couple years old, so it was on streaming. Uh, but I was like, "What in the world is this movie?" Exactly. I did the same thing, and then when I I read the, the description of it, I was like, and everyone's re- the reviews were like really good and very endearing and wonderful i'm like this is about a sex doll what yeah it's a a guy who but he's playing he seems to be playing like against his type right yeah if you if when you when we talk about people actors being typecast right it's like how um you know your your typical uh leading man romantic comedy actor like Mm -hmm. ryan gosling was in the notebook usually gets pigeonholed into doing that kind of role. I'm thinking of like um, Bradley Cooper, right? Yes, right. Like once in a while, you know, like you compare the stuff that he does to the stuff that Matthew McConaughey does. And they've both done kind of the same things, but McConaughey reaches for more uh, unusual, ambitious kind of parts, whether that always works is a different question. Um, Exactly. Well, a lot of the times that you – go ahead. I definitely got that feeling watching this. I was like, is this one of those you get this, you know, as much as any of us, uh, you know, lay people understand how Hollywood works. Like you see some movies and you're like, is this the movie? You have this idea of a contract or a, um, um, like a running, a running tab, right? Like a score, a score sheet. Like the actor does something that's real basic, really mainstream, you know, just tripe and then they'll do something else that's like it's gonna win sundance awards and stuff and you're like oh is this first movie the movie they had to do so that they could get the permission from whoever producers and whatever to do this weird movie this artsy movie that Mm -hmm. they really wanted to do (laughs) who knows and this felt like more of that latter well the i I will say that when watching this one actually you know, considering Gosling and when I was watching this and thinking about, cause I was noticing he, how different he does act here yeah. is that I did watch, you know, Lars and the real girl. And, and then I watched the notebook and I've seen, you know, the blade runner and I said the blade runner, mm-hmm. but blade runner. And it's, um, there are people who, and I will say our Tom Cruise is an example, uh, who has very successful person. We like all of his movies and he's excited about things, in it, but he's Tom Cruise right. in all of his movies. Like he's just him. Right. 
And, and yes, they, there's uh, some skill in the acting that they do. I'm not putting any of that down because it does take stuff. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger had to act, right? It's right. not a, always an easy thing to do. Um, so I don't want to belittle that. But some people are actors in the, I guess, royal sense in the way that they, you know, look at a role and get into a part and really get lost in it. I think mm. Joaquin Phoenix is kind of one of those people. Right. And be, become the thing that they are. Um I don't know if it's becoming. Some people go overboard. I'm thinking of the guy that played the Joker. Yeah, um, method acting. Yeah, method to go too far. But mm-hmm. you know, they they create a character when they're in in this thing, and that, that's the that's the character that they are on screen for that thing. And you see that. Like I I would see Ryan Gosling in the Notebook, and then you watch Lars the Real Girl, and he is not. That is not the same act or character at all. Right. Right. Mannerisms, the way they talk, walk, look at people, and this was the same thing. I think so. This being the third or fourth one I've seen with him, I feel okay saying that, like, oh, this, I think Gosling is like an actor, actor, not just a pretty boy romantic thing that everybody kind of wants to pigeonhole. Yeah, because he does this kind of stuff. And, um, and a Blade Runner 2049 was kind of similar in the sense where I was like, oh, this guy is really good at playing a robot. Yeah, right? that's what he was like, doing. Like, yeah. if he were on Star Trek, he would be an android or possibly a Vulcan. Like, he just has this. And in this movie, at least for the first two thirds, wherever I tried to try to figure out where the act separations were, but I I'm not sure that I did figure that out in the end. Um, so many of these scenes are like it. It's just visual it's 100 percent visual the the um the whole opening sequence sort of quote-unquote car chase yeah is just visual like you get a little bit of exposition information on the on the uh the police scanner the radio yeah Mm -hmm. but other than that you see the car moving you see you know different exterior shots of the car and you see him driving the car and and his expression or maybe lack of expression. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then so many of his scenes with Carrie Mulligan were just n- like almost completely without dialogue, like yep. just yep. a little bit. And then a lot of, a lot of looks, a lot of really understated um, acting. Right. Which and I, I think some some of that has to be the director too. Like the director sure. has to come up and say, "I want this shot, and then I want you to be doing this, and this is where we do this." And and I, I'm I'm sure that the writer or director has to be going have this in the mind because there's so little dialogue and so much of it that it has to be. You can't you can't just come up in there with like a a, pay, a thing that has four pages of dialogue in it and not have a vision for every scene. Right. right. I uh, and, I looked at this. Um, this director's name is Nicholas Winding Ref- Refn. I don't know how okay. you pronounce that. Uh, I I do not recognize anything else that he's that he's worked on. Uh, so he yeah. does a pretty good job in this one, at least. I mean, he, I thought the the directing in it was well done in the cinematography too. I mean, that yeah. that opening drive scene was a perfect example. It's yeah, you, just, you would hear just the car when it needs to go and very. Um, like everything just very well executed. Yeah. Um now I don't know <laughs> this is one that I 
I almost watched with Andrew because he was here for a couple days toward the end mm-hmm. of last week. Um, and then we missed that window. And then when I was upstairs with the rest of my family, we ended up last night watching um, Harriet, the movie about Harriet okay. Tubman. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. I've not seen that, no. It's it's okay. It's it's yeah. not bad, but it's it's just okay. Um, okay. But, you know, they, they'll ask me every week. They're like, what's... What's the movie you have to watch? Because sometimes it's you know it's ET or something that I can watch mm. with everybody, and Let's then I get yeah. I get some feedback from my family, which is yeah, you know I think adds to the to the conversation sure, here. But sure. um, I had this one, and I'm like, okay, well, just based on the subject, I'm pretty sure that like maybe Dad and I would watch it, and maybe Dad and Sarah and I, but I know Mom's not going to like it. Right, and yeah. Boy, when we got into the third act of this movie, was I ever glad that we did not oh. roll the dice on that one? Yeah, because it gets violent. Yeah, and that's that's why I brought up the Rothfuss quote earlier, like the anger of a gentle man. I'm like, this guy has been quiet and understated and says his like three lines in this whole movie. And then when he gets upset, just like curb stomps this guy until his skull explodes. Right. Everything he does is it's I mean, this this driver mm-hmm. feels like a professional criminal, right? Mm-hmm. Like he his normal life, you say normal life, whatever, is just very mundane and whatever. And then he goes on the job and it's his very professional job thing. He does doesn't say much, but then, you know, things kind of hit the fan and he doesn't hesitate to do whatever he does exactly as if he was a professional hitman, even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's hard to, to say how I feel about this movie because I, I enjoyed it. I did. I, I still feel for me personally that it sits in the bottom of the hundred. Yeah. Like it's, it's okay. And, and I didn't waste my time watching it for sure. It was fun and enjoying, but it, I don't think it did anything like, Oh wow, that was, that's memorable. Let's watch that again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was fine. It, it, for me, it would just, as you had said for Harry, it just, it just felt fine. Yeah, uh, all the things we just said are true. He, he Gosling acts really well. It's got some good story and cinematography and in it, but it just there wasn't a lot when you, when you have a movie that you don't talk much. There's not a whole complex dialogue even or anything that happens to. It's just kind of what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and there is a lot of violent, over the top kind of violence in it. Yeah. Uh, so pretty which, pretty much from. Well, I mean, maybe when uh, when Poe gets shot, uh, uh, yes, standard yeah. the the husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I it took me a while to recognize. I think I actually had to look him up because he looks so different. Like Deluna, yeah, yeah, ten, ten years younger and with a beard. Mm-hmm. Um, even after I saw that, I was like, "That's not him." Wait, let me, <laughs> let me look look at the eyebrows and the. Face yeah, and stuff. So I'm like, oh no, that's that's him. Yeah. Now I will say that that was a nice part of this story. That like, you you think that the story is going to go along with, oh, he's he's seeing a woman who's in prison and he's the good guy and this this prison guy is going to be a complete jerk. A woman who's but as soon as they prison. put yeah. Diego de Luna on on screen, he's not. He's very much like a, I owe all of you for the things I've done and you know and you sympathize with him immediately on a very short amount of time that he's on the screen. Yeah, he's he's less of a villain almost than Ryan Gosling is. Oh, for sure. When, when right? push comes to shove. Yeah. yeah. So he gets shot and that's a big that's a big moment, but for 
Ryan Gosling's character, when he hits Christina Hendricks, that's oh, that's right. the, that's the turn of his character to me. Yeah, because I don't think he's done anything but talk and drive up till that right. point, and maybe you know be sort of familial, you know, with uh, with Carrie Mulligan and her son. Yeah, I, I can't remember any of the characters' names, which just makes this whatever. Yeah. Um, well, they but, don't say a whole lot. They don't say their names a whole lot. It's the big thing. Yeah. You you see him do that, and you're like, oh, okay, he's not as good as he seems. And well, then yeah. and then he I goes mean, into the fight. He deals with those guys, and you're like, oh, he's completely not what he seems. Like, well, he's he, he's very he's very. Like I said, he felt like he was very much a. This is my job, and I am a professional criminal. Right. At the end of the day, nothing matters. I have to do my job type thing, which makes sense from a driver's standpoint. By the way, uh, Tyrone has nothing on this guy, you know, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking of Tyrone the whole time. That's uh, funny. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I felt it was just okay. Um, I don't have much more to say about it than that. I, it was time well spent, but, you know, a, a top 100, must, not top 100, but at 100, you got you to watch these. I can't think of why you would watch this. What, what's the, the reason yeah, why I mean, I there's a, there's a kind this. of, there's a kind of visual storytelling that's uncommon. I don't know that it's maybe that it's, you know, notable enough to elevate this, uh, to that, to that level. I honestly yeah. had more fun watching, uh, well, and you know, just two different kinds of movies, but, um, we also watched Ford versus Ferrari this past weekend. Yeah. I don't know wow. if you've, have you, have you seen, seen that? that. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, so Matt if Damon someone comes and, to you uh, and, and, and uh, Batman, yeah, the Batman, yeah, the, the, I'm not a big fan of that actor. So it's Christian Bale, yeah, to, to he's watch this. he's playing um, Ken Miles, uh, a, a driver, race car driver, who was English, and so he's uh, he's doing a voice that's very much like Alfred. Or not Alfred, Alfred uh, Michael Caine. Not not that different from the voice that he does in um, The Prestige. Okay. And uh, and his wife is, what's her name, from Outlander. Oh, she's uh, beautiful. Ka- Katrina something. Yeah. Well, he I know he's a complete jerkwad in real life. And, and I know that <laughs> sure. that doesn't, that doesn't, shouldn't matter if I like the movie or not, but Sometimes it does. It It, it doesn't. I have a hard time. But anyway, um, so when someone, back to Driver, when someone would come to me and say like, oh, what what movie should I watch? And if I would say, oh, you should watch Drive, their next question should be, okay, why? I I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer for that, right? I'm like, well, I could say it's good, but, you know, why? Mm, Gosling, it's got good scenes, but I don't, you know. So anyway, that's that's why I think it's, it's not a bad movie. It's just not like top. Got to watch. Got. I want to recommend it to people to go watch. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll jump over into final judgments here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I think it seems like we're both kind of in the same place. Like it's it's good. I'm not sorry that I watched it. Um, but for the sake of like what it what it does and what it is, like I would almost this is going to be a weird thing to say, but I would almost recommend somebody to watch 2001 before 
this. <laughs> I, I know oh, you, you no probably way. don't agree with me on that, but <laughs> right, right. just for the sense of like everything that movie did in its time and for sure. for this this sense of telling a story just visually, like with no yeah. or with almost no uh, dialogue, there's just not as much uh, substance to this. Yeah, I, I could see, I could at least see why people would put 2001 on a that, list that, like this that's or, or recommend what I'm it. Trying to say. Right. But I, this one, I couldn't, I couldn't see that. And, and again, to reiterate what you said and what I said earlier in the spoiler section is that it's great. I, I liked things about it. I uh, like the story from what it was. The characters. He drove, he drove the, your car. He that, did actually. I noticed, like I saw that the Mustang, that black Mustang, came out. I was like, yeah. "Oh, there's my car!" Yeah, <laughs> and it was awesome. You know, I was like, "Of course!" Actually, it's so funny because when I see him go down the street and that, I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna totally blow by any of those people because <laughs> mm-hmm. they knew what he's driving." Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah, it's it's just not a it's just it's it's fine. But there uh, are other movies that could be. Yeah, than as that. as you can tell from the title, uh, this is a this is a car centric movie you know mm-hmm. ryan gosling is a driver i think it says that in the in the description the title of the movie is drive um right. but it is also a crime drama it does get uh excessively violent so i i, I would even call it that's totally what it is i mean it's, it has very little to do with actual driving except for maybe two scenes right yeah yeah i guess you're right yeah, the rest uh, of it is you know a crime drama a crime drama so yeah. if that's if you have, if that's your thing and this has passed you by if you're a big fan of I don't know maybe Fast and Furious I've only seen no not at all two like of those, those they're not even close those, yeah. those like, are much more Ryan, those are much more comedies but yeah they're and they're adventure movies this, yeah this, it's more if you're a fan of Ryan Gosling then this would be worth it to watch sure sure because he, it, as we did say in the spoiler section he does do he's good actor he has good acting and he does well acting in this one so if you were a fan of his and you missed it, then yeah, definitely this is one to fit in there. It's it's a good thing yeah. he can put in his if, portfolio. So if you yeah, like, if you like crime dramas, if you like, um, I don't know, Tarantino and Coen Brothers, two very different things, but kind of dark, not not necessarily needing a happy ending or really you know sympathetic protagonist. Uh, and you and you miss this one it's not long you know you you can check yeah. it out just make sure there are no kids in the room because yeah. yeah for sure hey speaking of crime dramas um i know you got to watch this a little bit and we didn't get to talk about it because i'm slow on the on the watch but i watch i finally watched knives out oh yeah yeah that's what i you know i didn't know about this one really being in the theater i think just our friend group kept talking about it it's the only it's, reason i even it's heard a, about it it's a weird title i mean kind of like drive you're like what is this well at least drive you're like this about a driver but like yeah. knives out what does that what does that even mean and of course this is um ryan johnson who made mm-hmm. our favorite star wars movie of all time mm-hmm. uh, the right. last jedi and right. so right. so we both were were pretty hesitant and our our yeah. buddy fox from geek scholars movie news um recommended it and we're like yeah but you really liked last jedi (laughs) that's right you kind of thing ryan johnson i i did not see ryan johnson's other big movie looper um though uh my brother andrew watched it and hated it and so i'm like well i don't know yeah did 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 he write this or did he just direct it i think directed it i think it's based on a book i was gonna say because like i don't the the direction here and and I know this is going to sound terrible because I'm harping on Last Jedi again. But he like, did write it. 
Okay. Well, well then that's fine. That, that gives him a little bit more credit. Cause like I didn't, there was nothing special about the directing in this. Like, sure. Well, I mean, just, it was plot for plot scenes that were just, you know, yeah. I mean, and, it's so do you want to hit the bell for this? I don't know. Sure, if, yeah. I mean, it's, um, I'll do it anyway. Let's spoil the bell. I don't know yeah, if that I mean, really even matters here. because you sort of, you sort of get the, the reveal in the beginning and then the movie just fills in the details. Well, not really. Cause the ending is totally a big, the, the ending actually is a, a twist. I guess that's true. I guess. That I mean, cause true. the captain America being the thing. Right. Is, that's, the, that's the twist. So, yeah, I mean, you've got this, this thing here. That's a little bit of a, I've, I've started to think of as kind of an Oscar bait kind of thing where you're telling a story, but it's, it's almost self-aware. Sure. Right. In the sense of like the victim, the, the father, the patriarch, uh, Christopher Plummer here was not Christopher Plummer. Was it Christopher Plummer? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Christopher Plummer. Okay. I want to make sure it wasn't, it wasn't Charles dance. And I was just confusing my old English actors. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, he's a mystery writer, right? So you're telling the story of a, of the murder of a mystery writer. And so like every cliche is justified by this premise, right? He's living in this big elaborate mansion with a bunch of hidden trap doors and stuff. And they even make the joke about that later. Like your dad bought this house in the eighties. Like this is not your ancestral family home. Um, (laughs) It's like all of that is justified because you're like, Oh, he was an eccentric old writer, mystery writer. And he loved this stuff. So he put all of it in because you know, life imitates art kind of thing. Um, And so there's that already. And so anything you do with the, with the, dialogue with the with the acting and the directing sort of flows out of that where you know uh mystery um mysteries like this started out as books right and a book doesn't have a visual component it's all in the imagination of the reader so most of the story then is told in dialogue and then of course you pack the cast with all of these you know veteran uh, uh, actors, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, and um, you mentioned um, Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got um, Bond in it. Daniel yeah, Daniel Craig, Craig um, Anna Armas from uh, 2049, I mentioned earlier. Um, just all putting in, you know, Tony Collette in a character I don't think I've seen her play before. Um, just all. All these performances, um, you by know, good actor and actresses, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right that there's not a ton to do in terms of directing because they're probably. Right. But him actor. writing it that that that's good because because it, it was this is this is one of my favorite kind of movies. Like I I love I love twisty mystery things like this that that have whodunits and stuff and and you can go really wrong with these at least in my eyes. Like you can go this like what I always call the Harry Potter syndrome where, Oh, there's a twist, but we never mm-hmm. give you really any clues to it whatsoever. And I'm yeah. just taking the twist because it, I'm making it, the twist up. It turns out this grown man was your pet rat for three entire years of school. You yeah. Know, hanging but out how would you room. ever figure that out? You never, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, and a lot of these mysteries can, that's where they really go wrong. And this one kind of a little does that because, um, 
it it does a lot of really cool you know, mystery things, but I'm not mm-hmm. entirely certain that they sprinkled in Captain America being the whodunit big reveal that the detective tells you the story and exposition for like 10 minutes at the end. Like right. they don't really give you a whole lot for that. They do a mm-hmm. little bit. They do a little bit, but more, it's not a complaint of mine. But, sure. they, you know, he, they just, all it does is lead you down a direct path. There's none of this like, oh, maybe it's him, maybe it's him. Because he, <laughs> you know, really they don't. They, they lead, lead you directly on the path of the main character, which is the the, the nurse, you know. that mm-hmm. It's kind of like a perspective. Really, this shows a, everything from her perspective almost. Yeah. You know, you're, you're seeing yeah. this family and everything by that. But, yeah, I, I really, really like the story. I really like the people. I really like the stuff. I, I will use this. Going in the future, I could do a few other things. As a movie, I would not go watch in the theater. I, you know, I'm a mo- big movie buff, but there are okay. movies that are made to be watched in the theater and the movies that can be easily be watched at home. Oh, I and see this what you're one, saying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this one, there is no reason to go pay full $50 <laughs> to go watch it in the theater. Sure. Right? It's fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. But you can watch it at home, and it's just as good. Yeah. Right? There, and watching it in the theater does gives it nothing. Right? The story yeah, is mean, what's important here. Yeah. I mean, aside from your normal sort of benefits to watching something in the theater, which to me are, you know, it demanding your full attention, you know, really big sound and picture and stuff like that. But that's true of anything. And yeah. you really. Um, but there were no like scenes or set pieces that you had to be like, no, see it on a huge screen or the sound came into play. And it's very you know. small in that same like mystery story kind of thing and it's it's got to be so difficult to write a mystery story like this with foreshadowing and reveals right because you never know the audience how closely they're going to be paying attention to things we, a couple of the movies we've seen yeah. recently have big reveals like we watched mm-hmm. fight club and we watched yeah. the prestige and you're like you know you can put foreshadowing in and if people see it it feels really obvious and they figure it out and maybe they feel smart, but more often they feel cheated, right? Like, yeah. oh, you just gave me the answer. You spoiled your right. own. That's not even subtle, uh, you know, kind of deal. Of the best, yeah. Some of the best ways to do this, I think I've seen, and you're right. This is, you, you said it really well. Like it's, it's very hard to do these well. Yeah, That's because really then good the, ones the, are like sometimes writers and directors will go the complete other way where you get to the end and like, well, actually, I hired this guy before I even talked to you. And it turns out that he the thing and you're like, you didn't you didn't give us any information about that. It's something yeah. uh, they sometimes call the uh, mystery mystery story rules of fair play or something like that yeah you you have Uh, have to give people something where you're like yeah if you if you're gonna do this you have to do this and it's you know one of those things like rules of storytelling there's no there's no example in that genre that doesn't break at least one of those rules yeah (laughs) but well well the thing i the the best i've seen in a couple of these and i think fight club was a really great example is that a lot of again i'm not i'm not a writer or could ever come be successful in this genre, but what something that as a a, a person who enjoys the genre will say, I liked the best way that I've seen this done is when people, uh, things don't add up and you make, it makes you think like, there's gotta be more that I'm missing here because (laughs) this isn't all quite adding. And at that point it makes your mind start trying to do what detectives do. It's like, 
I don't recognize the whole. There's something happening here, and I I have to figure out. It's not even though they're giving you the answers. Sometimes you should be thinking like,、uh, that doesn't add up, right?、Um, where was he when? Why isn't、uh, what's it called the the girl in Fight Club? Why isn't she ever talking to him, right? right. Or why isn't she ever responding? Like things like that. It's not foreshadowing too much. It's just like things aren't don't add up. Yeah. When you look at them, and and then at the end, when the reveal happens, you're like, oh yeah, it was there in front of my face the whole time,、mm-hmm. right? That's the best. Like when they give you the ending, and you feel that like this was there in front of me the whole time, and either I didn't figure it out, or because even the people who figured out, let's say quote in air quotes, the ones who figured out at like the Fight Club, you're like, they may think that's the thing, but it's never clear. It's never clear cut until they say it at the end, right? Right. There's、right. no definite like he drops the, the 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 knife out of his pocket and then looks up and hides it real quick. You know, it's not that kind of a <laughs> foreshadowing. But when it's foreshadowing、yeah. enough that like it's suspicious but not sure, right? So you can、right. like say, "Oh, I think he did it," but there's they never explicitly say it. But you can be right. You know, those are great. When it's,、yeah. it's enough but nothing overt.、Uh, and、yeah. and this one, this one, I don't know, mixed.、Um, I thought wanna, it was a very interesting way it told it, but I don't know if the the Captain America reveal was telegraphed. Maybe maybe that's just me not seeing、mm, it.、Um, maybe that's not a complaint. I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed. You yeah, know, you you go back in that a little bit, and the the thing I was thinking of, you're talking about the it mostly being told from the maid、uh, Anna de Armas's character's perspective.、Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she's a perfect example of that like mystery story trope. But because it's this mystery story thing, like you don't mind this thing where she can't lie without vomiting, is yeah, so right, right. like like that's something you put in D and D or again you put in <laughs>、right. like an episode of Scooby Doo, probably not Scooby Doo with people vomiting, but it's that、right. like heavy handed. It's like okay, so we as the audience can be one hundred percent certain when when we know that she's lying, yeah, right.、Um, right. Which which that was a neat little thing. That's like a you're right. It's like a a mystic kind of thing that they put in there.、It、doesn't re, that's not a real thing, right? That happens, but because they put it in there, it's like oh, here's a neat little unique gimmick that it not sounds like Ryan Johnson created to tell the story this way. Yeah, that's, and it's that's neat. You know, you establish it and you always follow it. You know, it's a, a magic A is magic A kind of thing,、mm-hmm. um, and. That's fine.、Uh, and the, I'll tell you what. Something about always gets me is、um, seeing Daniel Craig do like a Southern accent is just so funny because he's then, got a rich English accent anyway. Right, right. To see him、yeah. doing, the, and of course they, because of the way this movie is, they make fun of it later. Yeah,、like、yeah. He, he、uh, Kentucky Fried. He's he's. I mean, he's a really good actor anyway. I mean, he's I, he's one of my favorites, and he's just really good.、Uh, he does.、Uh, Another he does another crime heist movie where he plays a, a redneck kind of guy. Oh, is that with Adam Driver? Yes, yes, and、uh, yeah, and Magic Mike guy. Um, um yeah,、uh, Fox recommended that to me too, but we ended up not watching it. I don't remember. Oh,、why. that's fantastic! That movie is fantastic, and it has it is. Oh, you would love it because you love Ocean's Eleven, and I love Ocean's Eleven. And it's 
it's very much like that kind of a thing. Yeah, I remember so. getting those vibes when I saw the trailer. Oh yeah. Well, do you want to? Matter of fact, do... I want to go watch it again now because. So <laughs> do you want to do final judgments for for Knives Out? Sure, sure, sure. I I um I I liked it. I matter of fact, I like it better than Drive this weekend. So again, Drive not being bad, I feel like I'm putting it down. Sure. But this one was better than that one, and I would have if there's two movies like, hey, watch one of these. Two, should watch this week. Definitely, I would have watched Tell People Knives Out. I think that it's something that when it comes to Netflix or something, if you missed it in the movie theater, you're not missing by missing it in the movie theater. Watch it when it comes on Netflix, and you'll and you'll enjoy it. And uh, it's fun. That's my thoughts at least. Yeah this this movie is in the the short list of movies that I watched with all of well. Andrew's not living here now, but he was. Um, I watched it with everyone from Andrew to both of my parents and Sarah and my youngest sister, and everybody liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody has different kind of diverse tastes. A a murder mystery is definitely the kind of thing that could uh, get to a point that, that, that mom wouldn't want to see if it got too violent or too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know edgy and in some way that's not her her kind of thing and andrew's kind of the other way where he doesn't he doesn't like anything (laughs) historical costume dramas kind of things that (laughs) that mom likes but they both liked it and i'm like well that's a from from my you know own little bubble of experience that's pretty glowing uh yeah i agree i agree you know something something i didn't mention in the spoiler section but this isn't spoilers but that that uh Every character in here has is has their own little thing that's kind of very much them, right? Okay. And and it's a kind of all pivotal to the story. Mm-hmm. Every part of it is, and every character, and every character is very unique in their own little way. Yeah. So they it, that every, all not only was there the big mystery, and then a couple other mysteries, as the guy said, a donut hole and a donut hole. Uh, there is also there's little sub mysteries of who these people are and what they have done with each other or with the the person who was murdered. Right. So those little mysteries get solved on their own. Yeah. So like those are, that was neat and that's fun. So this movie had a lot of those satisfying feelings of, you know, figuring things out multiple times instead of just one time type thing. So that was fun. I, I I enjoyed the, enjoyed my time watching that one. (laughs) Nice. Um, all right. What? Oh, cool. I got signed out of Google. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and again, the internet is, is, is dying. It's... So do you want to talk about uh, playing tabletop simulator in VR? Oh, man. Yeah. So we talked about me getting VR recently because I'm doing some development we, work in it. We talked about that in the last couple of weeks. And we also yeah, talked yeah. about the Arkham Horror card game, yeah, uh, which yeah. we played a little bit of mm-hmm. at... Um, at ICG Con, and yep. then we did something new this this past. Yeah, week. I I played. I can um, connect the Quest. You can hook it up to the PC. You can tether it, which it's not a tethered thing. And you can play Oculus VR, Rift VR games and the Steam VR games. And I have Tabletop Simulator on there, and it's VR capable. Right. So we gave we gave that Tabletop Simulator for those who don't know is it what as its namesake a tabletop game simulator and you can load in uh games that people have like programmed i guess is the best way to say say it yeah it's a 3d and, environment with a table and you put yeah. assets uh in there i'll put a link yeah in the so, description, you, so, but, so you play you play board games and we yeah. decided to try arkham which you own and we were going to play that remotely 
um, but I put on my headset for this one and was playing it. And it took a while for me to get into it to figure out it's not as intuitive as it is, but thankfully All I had you controls, being very right. patient on the other side of the, the way. Um, it was really cool. It was like playing a, a board game in, I want to say in Gen Con. You know, sometimes you'll go to Gen Con or a place and play the best version of a game, right? You play it with all the custom boards and the, with all the people and the, all, you know, they put special stuff on the table or something. It's just really nice. Sure. So playing it, playing the Arkham game with this really fancy, neat, huge table <laughs> that I was seeing all around me and I was sitting, sitting at and with these really nice pieces and all the, all the parts. And then around me is spooky trees and stuff. It was like, that was a really neat, fun. It felt like a convention type experience to play that, that board game with. Me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much we've talked about this, but um, tabletop simulator has its sort of basic components, like a deck of 52 cards and checkerboard, chessboard, all that kind of stuff. But it's fully um, customizable and programmable. Like I, taught a couple of our friends how to play point salad which is a really simple game but has a um the deck has to be modified based on the number of players mm -hmm. and the in the in in tabletop simulator they're called games but we sometimes call them mods or it's just a game save where somebody has scanned and put in all the assets which is not technically legal but most game publishers let it slide because you know, at least in my case, I played Arkham, Arkham Horror, the card game in TTS, and then I bought it because I'm like, I want to support yeah. Fantasy or, Flight. Or, but... or you, you own it. You can't play with anybody. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because like I own a copy, but you and I can't play in person because we're, you know, yeah. 200 miles apart. Um, right. And so because these are fan made, it's always kind of hit or miss uh what the quality of the mod is going to be. Um, like I said, point salad was just a table with some play mats and the cards from the box. Like you have to figure it out. You have to manage it all yourself. And so I went into it one day and I was, cause it's scriptable. And I was like, I should figure out how to, how to do this. And I put little hot spots on the, or anchors. I forget what they call them, but it's a spot on the table where if you drop a card, it'll snap into position which yeah. is a thing you can't do in real life, but is very handy in a virtual 3D Absolutely. environment. And then I wrote up a little script to detect the number of players, shuffle out the deck, and then and then set up the game, yeah. um, which was which was handy and took me a whole afternoon because I've never worked in that programming language. <laughs> um, but the um, the Arkham card game mod that somebody made is is really good like they've got all the expansions there are buttons because it's a deck building game there are you know scripts and buttons to like spread all the cards out that you might buy and then collect them all back up and depending yeah. on which quest or which scenario you're doing will set the board up for you um as much as it can and then you've got to make some choices and they've got the the you, rule books you, in there you flip over a card and it automatically puts the tokens on the card and you're like oh yeah right, just you know? You know, almost none of these are perfect, but almost everything you could want it to do, it does. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I know these guys don't get a lot of credit because of the like kind of not, the the gray area of it. Yeah, being, it's but, not something they can sell or charge money for. That would, right. you right. know, but but I'll, man, that's that's good work. Whoever that 
person was, it's unfortunate they can't step up and say, my name is John Johnson <laughs> and I did this sure. work. Like, cause they did great yeah. work and it's usually just work of one, you know, tabletop has a lot of these where people do amazing work. And it's usually just one person right. as a passion of love to do this thing that they want to play with their friends. Um, yeah. And they share it with everyone and it's really, really cool. Right. So yeah, great work from them. And that was fun. So I had, I had a really good time and playing it in VR was quite the experience. I actually enjoyed how, when we would, right before we were done, you loaded up like the 3d chess thing. Um, yeah, just to, just to show. Yeah. And it was neat though that I could sit, I could, you know, kind of walk around the chess table and pick up the pieces as if I was sitting there playing it with you, which was very, very cool. Again, not if I was on my 2d screen, would it be the same? (laughs) Yeah, so it's, I don't know, because I was on the, you know, PC end of it, but from seeing your, I mean, when you, when you use Tabletop Simulator, everyone's cursor is visible, Mm -hmm. it looks like a little hand, a finger pointing, Um, but because you were in VR, I saw a floating uh, VR headset and the two, uh, you know, sort of wand controllers Mm -hmm. that the Oculus has. Right. And so I could see where you were and what you were looking at. Where, yeah, right. uh, you know, for me, you just see the co- controller, you don't see the camera. But right. the best way I can describe it, thinking about it now, is the normal, uh, the standard desktop uh, uh, tabletop simulator user, like me in this case, mm-hmm. um, is sort of like a camera in the 3D environment. And then you have a mouse where you can grab and manipulate objects in the world. And then you have a keyboard where you can steer that camera around. Correct. Um, You can move it up and down and and tilt and rotate and snap back and, and zoom in on stuff. If it's cards you want to read. And that's just how you interact with it. Where the VR user, because they have a, a headset goggles and B no real convenient keyboard. The the VR user is more like an invisible person sitting on the board, sitting on the table. Yeah, sure. Like not not like knocking stuff over or anything like that. But when you when I move across the table to see something, I use my WASD and I just slide the camera over there. You. Yeah. I could see your controllers moving that you had to actually like kind of crawl over there um, yeah. because you, you know, you don't have legs. You just have two controllers on your hands. Yeah, pull, pull the board around. Right. Which put me in the space. It put me like right there with yeah. the cards looking at the, at the, the <coughs> setup, you know, that you, you, when you would set up and I'd, we'd move to a new room, I'd, you know, crawl over to it's as if I was standing at the board and then leaning over to read the card type thing. Yeah. Which was, which is pretty neat. The other thing too, about that being difference in VR is that, you know, we played tabletop simulator several times and, um, you know, we'll reach over and have somebody help somebody draw a card or give them a card or, or point to their cards and do stuff, you know, it's just how you do. Uh, but you don't really do that at a game table. You don't touch other people's cards and, right. you know, flip their stuff over them and play their thing for you. So when I was sitting here in VR, like you would do the normal thing and you, I'd see your hand move over to my card area and do things like move a hit point token over or to help me out or whatever. And like, <laughs> it felt like you were in my space. Right. And it was, right. that's something that you wouldn't have 
if I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have minded at all if I was playing it on the, the 2D, you know, screen, it's not this, like you said, it's detached because it's a camera. But here I was playing the game sitting at the table and you're only, you were represented by this little hand that went around everywhere. Right. Uh, so when I saw you wander over, it was like your little hand was in my area touching my stuff. I was like, back off, buddy. You know, <laughs> it's just a funny kind of weird way to think about that. But that, that was, that was kind of neat. Hey, speaking of virtual weird things, uh, one show we tend to watch, at least we have in the past, uh, started this weekend, Westworld. Did you watch that one? The The first episode came out? Uh, I have not. I saw it uh, ah. on, my, on my notifications uh, last night, and I wrongly assumed that, that you would not have seen it because I saw you were... You were on playing Marvel Champions pretty late, and I was like, "This is going to be too late for like, yeah. to watch." Well, you, we'll have to talk work. about it next week, so people listening here go watch you know Westworld episode one, and by next week too, because um, yeah. it's it's more Westworld. I'll just say that much. It's uh, they, you know, that's made by Bad Robot, right? That's the uh, and the guy you don't like, J.J. Um, Abrams. I I don't dislike him. I've just <laughs> since since Rise of Skywalker, I've I've I see now what he does, and I'm less uh, enamored by it than I was. Well, he he uh, in 2009. He then you may feel the same way with the ending of Westworld. Whenever that ends, I'm not sure because I, I Westworld is very much you know the losty kind of thing, right? With yeah, I mean it's a and, weird. It's a, when we talked about this, we could go back and listen to the old episodes when we talked about season two mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. season three was so like yeah maybe if you were really really paying attention the stuff was so heavy-handed but it was like every episode of season one had a moment of not quite mind-blowing but where i just sat back a little bit and went, whoa right and right i i don't feel like i got much if any of that in season two so my, my expectations for season three are pretty low yeah it's, i'll it's still watch just... it but Oh yeah, sure. It's it's just more what what is happening. I don't know all the things, and there's lots of you know things that clearly are happening here that they're going to tell me later. But I don't can't figure it. The, the, it feels like you're supposed to figure it out as you go somehow, right? Sure. Uh, so, and we'll talk about it next week. But that it's just I forgot that that's what Westworld was about. And then as I <laughs> watch this first episode, I'm like, oh yeah, this is Westworld. Okay, right. you don't know shit stuff. You know, yeah. you just don't. And and I can't like none of this makes sense to me. Well, yeah, that's how none of it made sense to me anytime I watched Westworld. You know, until right, maybe the end. Right. So till till maybe the end. That's not a glowing review of Westworld. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, w- watch it next week. We'll 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 talk about that one. Yeah, we'll have I'll I'll fresher takes uh, next week. But what another one came on a show we watched. Uh, I know you watched Picard, right? You did watch that mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting we're getting close to the end of that. I feel it's got to like be feels right. That, feels that way. Yeah, let me see. It feels like it's kind of dragging on a bit. That's what's it's getting to me. I'm not sure. I'm still not entirely certain where they're going with this show here. It's, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm still this. My my take is still the same spot that I was. Uh, I think our our buddy was it Fox or maybe Justin or somebody had said that like, oh, they finally got Picard. Like, quote got, uh, and and they're in it. Um, I still haven't hit that. I'm still on this. Like, it feels like I'm on a precipice of a. Am I gonna you know just step back away from the edge or is something gonna pull me over? I, I still feel that way week to week. And I okay. think this week was still fine. I still haven't been pulled over the edge yet. I, 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 although I really, really, really enjoyed time with, um, you know, the Rikers. So sure. That was, yeah. 
that was last week. Was that last week? What was this week? I forget. Maybe I missed we, this one. We, I'm going to hit the bell really quick. So if you're not caught up on Star Trek Picard, skip ahead and check. Sure. We, well, maybe I missed one. So, Well, the, the episode you and I watched is the one with the Rikers. With the Rikers? Okay. Um, and I think that's the episode when Hugh dies. Oh, wait, what? No, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I've been sort of casually watching Next Generation uh, seasons. It's four and five or five and six. Whichever is the really amazing season with Inner Light and uh, Darmok. I think oh, yeah, that's season so four. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm watching them sort of randomly. And I saw Iborg, which was one of the first next generation episodes that i watched because i started watching back in the late 90s and it was on reruns already by that point um and so i would just get episodes randomly whatever ones they put on tv and Mm -hmm. that was the first one i saw and it's like post locutus arc with picard but Mm -hmm. they introduced this guy and so when i i didn't recognize him in the show but i recognized him in the cast list um because his name was on there. It's not the first time I've spoiled myself on stuff from looking on IMDb. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think, I, as looking at this episode eight thing now, the description, I don't think I've actually seen this one. So maybe that's something oh, that I'm, I'm going to... I'm glad I didn't... Uh, yeah, stretch I'm glad I didn't it. say. Um, the episode seven ends with the doctor, uh, the, the, the AI scientist seemingly trying to kill herself. She takes a, a hypo. Oh yeah, hypo yeah. That's the last part I saw. That's the last one. And collapses. Okay, so you're an episode. You're a week behind. Okay. Well, I yeah, I I clearly need to watch it. I thought it was the last one for some reason, but I guess I'm okay. wrong. The, uh, right, so I'm, yeah, I'm glad, I, I, I'm glad I didn't spoil episode eight for you. Right. Well, the, so I'm, I'm still okay. So we well, this will be a short little topic we talk about. Then, so I I'm still on that precipice of waiting. And, you know, it, from week to week, I'm I'm open to it. If it's what it continues to be now, I'll still look at it as a good science fiction thing. I'm still, you know, w- waiting to get into it. Like I feel, as I say, week to week, you know, whatever that feeling of Trek is. And I, and I'm, hmm. as I'm starting to think more and more about it, I'm thinking that I'm ident- identifying Star Trek with the Federation and hmm. um, that. And that's not a knock on this show. It's just maybe that's what I personally. Yeah, it's just different. It's like when when we talk about some Star Wars stuff and you say, you know, how come there are no Jedi? And you're like, well, because it's Star Wars is more than yeah. Jedi. Like, yeah, there, I agree with that. Yeah. There's Jedi-ish stuff in in Mandalorian, but not, you know, it's not about that at all. Um, yeah, and and maybe that's that exactly. And that's some people that but, may not but be you're their not, thing. The, you're also not, you know, entirely wrong like the idea the premise of the the star trek universe is that the federation exists but depending on the show depending on the thing like obviously there's a fair bit of um similarity and overlap between what i call 90s era so next generation deep space nine and voyager Mm -hmm. um voyager and deep space nine both tried to take the idea of the exploration centric Star Trek, which next generation was sort of like the original series, but you know, grown up a little bit, a little Mm -hmm. more mature, a little less crazy. 
Um, and, you know, I love original series. That's not a knock on it. But we talked about that when we talked about uh, Discovery. It was very, like, Wild West. Kirk would come in and, like, oh, you guys are living in paradise? Like, we talked about the end of, uh, um, well, that's a spoiler. I won't say that. <laughs> um, you know, oh, you guys are in paradise, but you're not advancing. Let me Let me engage in a battle of wits with your computer, and then it'll self-destruct, and you can finally... Uh, start thinking for yourselves again kind of thing. Very heavy-handed, very goofy. Right. But, um, you know, Voyager had this sense of, well, what do you do? What does a, what does a Federation starship do without the Federation? Like, what do they do when they're lost way out there? And how do their, um, how do their directives, their their ethics and morals hold up when they don't have um when they don't have accountability and that's the sort of thing that original series did kind of a lot they would be out of range right they're like oh we could get a message to starfleet command but it's going to take two days to get back like captain's going to have to make a make a call but that's still he makes that call and then when those two days when the message gets back he's going to have to answer for that call like voyager they you know spoilers they do eventually get communication back to the alpha quadrant but for a long time they're out there on their own and so it's up to them like are they gonna uphold the standards and values of the federation or are they gonna become you know pirates murder hobos right Uh, you you don't know and so that that's always a thing that they've tried to experiment with various properties and various stories uh over time yeah but i can I, i can definitely see that like if you're you know, you know, many, many people love Next Generation. And if that's most of what you watch, if that's most of what you are used to, this is this is different than that. Like, it's got the same yeah. characters with the same personalities. I loved uh, Jonathan Frakes doing his, his uh, every so often slipping. Like, he's most of the time just, like, kind of goofy, which... I guess it's not that different from how he was in Next Generation. Now that I'm well, watching some I don't know. Of I think I think again. he wasn't goofy in Next Generation, but he got goofy in all the movies. Like true, all the true. movies, he was goofy. You know, as as he got older, like maybe he turned he turned less from uh, uh, Commander Riker and more into Jonathan Frakes. Yes, um, exactly. Yes, totally. But but still slipped into you know where he's barking orders at his home security system to raise shields and red alert. You know, like oh, that's nice on, yeah. on the show so many times, right? Um, or like uh, um, Deanna Troy can't, or Deanna Riker, or whatever. I don't know. They didn't say that, but she uh, she can't sense anything from Soji, and I'm like, ah, that's funny because she never could sense anything on the show, right? Wait, actually, didn't they say that on the show? Didn't they say that um, he's Will Troy or or Troy Riker? I think they didn't they take her last name her their their kids had hyphenated names oh okay i right. think yeah well the the uh i i i, I like they, they were just fine they they i liked them a lot and that was good but uh i'm not sure i still not sure if um oh, patrick stewart feels like picard i mean and it's mm. clearly because he's like 89 years old or whatever it is um, but I just, I just don't get, I get a lot of the stuff is him very vulnerable and pleading and, hmm. you know, like 
vulnerable and pleading. That's the best way. Everything he does is like, yeah. please help me and, and I need help and and you know, we have to do this thing. And then they're like, old Admiral, good old Admiral. So he's like, you know, Colonel Sanders now. Well, not that's a bad. That's a, that's a bad example. But you know, yeah, he, I mean, he's not the he's not the one in charge. Sure. Right? Yeah, and that's and that's kind of hard to watch. I mean, it's a it's a different thing. It's like it's like uh, um, William Shatner's character in Generations, right? Where he's like, yeah. "I'm tired. I've saved the world enough." Like, you know, and that's different. But it, because of course, Kirk was a very different captain than um, in yeah. his show than than Picard was. Um, and so that like, that's, it's inevitable that that's going to be different. Like you would not want to see an 80 year old man trying to play the same character in the same way as a 50 year old man. Like yeah, people change, right? That, that's just how yeah. life works. And, but, and we, and we I, never saw that what happened him changed that way over time. You know, we, we just saw this captain and then here he is 40 years later, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Was, and know. I wonder if like, Maybe rewatching some of those movies would would bridge some of those gaps. I know some of them, like Insurrection, I would not want to watch again. But okay. First Contact was really good. I, sure. I, I feel like remember, but it's been I don't know how long ago was Nemesis? Like fifteen yeah. years. I start I started watching that not too long ago again, and I get almost to the same point every time when I just stop watching it. Um, it's like he. Picard goes out on that like all terrain vehicle and is like, we, I'm just, you know, jumping <laughs> off, the, off the side. I'm like, this is not this, you know, the same, this is not at all Star Trek, the next generation mm. people This is not, you're writing this, not for those people. And then it gets boring with the, the main villain. And I'm like, this is just not fun at all. Mm. Um, it, you know, it so just wasn't. Ne- Nemesis was O2. So that's almost 20 years ago. And they put B4 in, and I happen to know that like B4 is the only thing that's supposed to be the future of data. I'm like, oh god, it's terrible. So anyway. I, I last I last night started watching the two part Times Arrow, also, also also known as that one time the gang met Mark Twain. Oh god, yeah, right. It's okay. such it's so like I remember watching it back in the '90s and thinking it was cool. I'll bet by the time I get to the end of the two parts of it, I'll be like, ooh, this is problematic it really is like oh god there are some some episodes i mean they they do seven seasons with a million things i'm sure i still yeah. occasionally as much as a star trek fan i am come across an episode that i i had not seen before believe that or not there's a, there's still a few out there and i'm mm. it's almost it's almost always in season two or it's you almost, oh right season yeah. two or you watched it and you just blocked it out because it was so Oh, clearly, Ridiculous. sure, sure. There, there's yeah. there's one where there's like space gypsies in season two on the Enterprise, and <laughs> and I and I I can't I can't I mean I can't with some of this, and I know that I just had turned them off when Pulaski gets on and she starts berating right. somebody, and yeah, and I'll, she's terrible. Yeah, when when he, that's when I'll get in chat and I'll I'll you know comment like Pulaski's the worst, and that usually when that happens is when I just shut it off in the middle, you know, or skip right. to season four or something, you know. Yeah, I'm uh, like, yeah, give me another episode. Yeah, just so anyway, there there are there are a few out there though. Of all of the million episodes they have, there's there's definitely some clunkers out there. Not as much as we love the next generation. So anyway, I'll watch that that next Picard and uh, and we'll talk about that. I can't believe I brought that up and, and am myself behind. In- you you watched ep- you watched Westworld, but you haven't seen. It's been like five days since it. Came yeah, out, you know, I know. So. I should have. I should have. 
been more responsible with my my choices but yeah well I, before I we um before we wrap up here do you want to talk we got just a little bit of time do you want to talk briefly about satisfactory uh sure so there well i mean we yeah briefly is good because we don't have a lot to really talk about here i uh, didn't play so i have nothing yeah. really to add except well i can't yeah can't we, handle those spiders you can't but. handle the spider we're we're all trying we're all pulling for you dennis to to come around and i'll i'll tell you i don't know if i've said this on the show um it's a whole long thing we're talking about the video game satisfactory it is a <laughs> 3d immersive factory building simulator uh we talked about it before because when i started playing it i was like this is great this is everything i wanted a first person factorio to be it's not super complicated because that would it's not complicated like factorio is because that would be a nightmare in 3d but there are mobs in this game they call stingers that are like spiders they make horrible sounds little (laughs) skittering spider sounds and i'm not even arachnophobic i just don't like any kind of bugs in general and i especially don't like you know big cockroach style bugs or anything that will come flying at my face yeah yeah um and this is almost exactly how the spiders in this game move like they skitter around on the ground they'll back off they'll charge at you they'll leap at you and even though they're not that dangerous I mean, they're as dangerous as any other mob, maybe slightly more so because they'll attack your car while the other ones will ignore your car. Um, All of those factors just trigger some kind of phobia in me. (laughs) And the the first time I encountered them, I was playing single player and I I quit the game right away. And then I came back. I came back the next day and I'm like, okay, I paid for this game. I loved this game. I'm going (laughs) to. I'm going to face my fears and I'm going to deal with it. And so I psyched myself up. I got back in. I was playing standing up because I have a standing desk and, you know, killed those spiders. And I'm like, okay, that's good. Now what do what I came here to do? I got to build a bridge across this thing so I can get access to this oil. And then something hits me and it's the, the like boss spider. Oh, the big thing. Yeah. It's the same as those other spiders, but it's as big as my car. So like, in real life, if I were in real life, this is a spider the size of a minivan. <laughs> yeah. And and then I'm like, cold sweat, alt F4. And I have played <laughs> since then. I've played in multiplayer, but here's the problem. I know that that's there. It's like you know, when people are playing... somewhere. Yeah. It's like when, when people play games like Five Nights at Freddy's or, um, what's the other one? Resident Evil. There mm-hmm. are a handful, handful of those like, horror jump scare kind of video games yeah and if you're into that that's fine i don't happen to be into that and if i am in a game like that like if i'm playing halo or i don't know if i'm playing a first person shooter like that can be okay if i'm in that frame of mind yeah the problem with this game is that that like frame of mind is is like nagging at me from the back of my mind (laughs) while I'm trying to go, okay, I gotta, if I take this belt around here into this factory, I got to turn this one 90 degrees, (laughs) then I can bring this around and I'll ship these iron bars into this crate to store it. And then I got to split them so that I like, there's all this factory logistics, but in the back of my mind, it's a little voice going, yeah, but what about those spiders? They're out there somewhere. They're out there. (laughs) And it just keeps me, it it just puts me in just enough of a state of anxiety that I can't enjoy what I want to do in that game, which is build a factory. Sure, sure. 
Well, we we uh, we played last night. We were talking about the patch. Yeah, there's a, there's we, a patch three. They've got yeah fluid now. Yeah, so that is kind of a thing. I mean, when we were as we were playing it, I I, I loaded up and I hadn't played it for several months since they they had done the last patch and I did nuclear and trains and it was real fun. I had a huge right. factory, like massive, did all of the things. I mean, he did, I completed the game at the point that it was at. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I just had not picked it up and they put this, uh, this new patch in and I love the game and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do the new tier or whatever it is. Right. But then mm-hmm. they, this game is in a, What's it's alpha? Is it beta? What is I can't remember. It's in a uh, early access. Early access, which means that means for people who aren't don't know, it means that the game is not officially released yet, but you can pay and play it as they're yeah, working you, on it. You can buy it. It's um, it is epic exclusive. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, you can so buy you're it you are you are pl- playing a game that is not finished, right? So you right. you t- take on that thing. So I know that even though I have finished with air quotes, the game that there is, it is not the actual game and they're still adding systems and changing things that go along. So what they had done is came back and they recognize as they do in development that, um, we need to improve this part of the game and fix that part of the game and change this and some of the pacing and stuff like fundamental parts of the game that when I went through it, that was maybe things that weren't so great. Right. Sure. You know, and they sure. learn because of this early access type thing, you can learn these things a lot better. So it's a, it's a really good thing. But what happens is that for people like myself who'd finished it and have these huge factories, when they go back and change core parts at the beginning, it wrecks everything further on down the line. So adding something like water in where you need it and then extra parts. So for example, they, they identified that copper, a, a resource in the game was only used for one kind of thing, maybe two late mm. game that it needs bigger roles. So they added it, you know, five or six copper par- parts that need copper things for it and new copper parts. And then all of your basic kind of stuff throughout the game needs orders of magnitude, more different copper, these new p- copper parts, nothing you can ah. build is there because you have no infrastructure for any of your copper things. Right. So, and you don't even know how to do that. Then you have to make water on top of that and new subsystems where it's just like, you know what? I can't play the game that I was playing because it's just, sure. you have to start over, um, which yeah. is, that's part of the, the caveats they give when you're starting. Hey, sometimes you're going to have to start over. So I got, I got sure. back. In. It's like when a, it's like when an MMO does a reset, that sounds yeah. to me like every time I've restarted Factorio, but not with the main game, though the main game has the like core of the game has changed dramatically since um, since I first bought it like five or six years ago. Yeah. I very often, because there's so, has such a, what they call rich modding community. Yeah. Um, I very often when I restart that game am playing with a different mod. So, you know, part of it is I want to start over. I'm like, let me start over and try this thing where the metals are different, right? So instead of just building a, a circuit board with, with metal and cop with iron and copper, you got to get wood in there and you got to turn it into circuit boards and you got to solder it. Like, of course that's going to be completely different than, than the base game. And so of course you have to start over. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I can see in, you know, the sense of satisfactory being this sort of immersive world, you want it to be a little more like, like Minecraft where, uh, you know, we would upgrade, our Minecraft server to 
a new patch. Yep. And all we had to do was get far enough away from our old stuff because it's the same map. Um, get far enough away so that we're generating new biomes because we're not going to get the uh, the old materials. But everything else, like, yeah, maybe your what used to be a door is now an oak door because they have doors out of every kind of wood. But it's still a door. Like, you still build doors the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just not something you you you, you want to be able to continue on, but you can't, and and you know that sure. it's early access, so that it, that's the way it is. When they launch the game officially, I'm sure they won't make huge core part changes, but but it, it does make the game better. And I you know sometimes wish that game Minecraft is a perfect example where they would go back and say like, you know what, creepers are or diamond is armor is great, but we don't have anything more for it, or there's nothing for copper armor. We need to expand and make this part better. But they don't because it's a stable game and it's what it is. Uh, anyway, right. um, so what we the long and short of that was that I got on and um, realized that I just needed to start over. And I also, had, also hadn't played it in a long time, so I didn't know some of the basic things again. Sure. Um, so I, I did start over again and it was, you know, kind of relearning it. And then the guys got on and we started another group game that we're all we're all playing in now and they have a new starting position part in the world. It's in a desert. It's in a harder area. That game is so humongous in the world. It's so massive that I'm amazed that I know I, I've only seen half of it at most. Right. And so they can plop sure. you down on another part of the map. And you're like, this is a completely different experience um, than it was before. So that mm. was really fun. It's been really fun. And we all got together and I'm, we're teaching a few new people to how the ropes and how it works and right. that's a fun experience to go through and see happen. So I have not gotten to anything new. Oh no, wait, last night they Zon put out a thing called like a, a store, an asset store or something. And you, you put it out and then it's like, you can turn in, you can exchange stuff. Like I have a whole bunch of extra copper. Oh. So I turn it in and I get coupons and then you can spend coupons to buy a pre-made building right man that that is all i ever wanted on every minecraft server i know <laughs> i keep going back to minecraft we we played minecraft several times over the years since minecraft has been a thing mm -hmm. and my thing became um usually started with finding some unique material blocks right it's minecraft mm -hmm. and then building something cool out of those materials yeah. And so many times all I really wanted was some kind of shop, something more uh helpful than the thing where you trade items to the to the villagers. Yeah. But something where I could say, let me give you twelve stacks of cobblestone and you give me one stack of gold. Yeah. Well, maybe not gold, but and yeah. then and then I get, even if it's just bartering, but it would be better if it had a currency, right? Of course, yeah. that's how. And that's actually what this work. is. You coupons like, for a currency. Like, yeah. let me let me sell you all my cobblestone. And yeah, for every stack of cobblestone, you'll give me a copper. But if I somehow can save up a thousand gold, then you give me a stack of, I don't know, clay so that I can make a house out of bricks or yeah. whatever. So I don't have to go hunting for the really hard to find materials, which I know is part of the game, but depending on the map, depending on what you're looking for, some stuff is really hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is doing that for you too. It's like, I have so much copper and I can't like, you know, extra um, storage bins full of it. And I just need five modular frames. 
right? So you can turn in <laughs> right. your, your old thing and get some out. So that, that looks pretty neat. I didn't get to mess with it too much, but they put it out and we were like, whoa, what is this? Um, there's a couple new parts we've gotten into. Again, I mentioned the copper having expanded role. So we can't just do our easy copper mines anymore. But so that was like, oh, it's nice to play through it and see these. Oh, my goodness. parts. Hey, as I want to wrap something before I wrap this up here. I can't believe I didn't really talk to you about it yet. Oh, my God, Dennis. I played Minecraft in VR. That is trippy. Oh, like I yes, trippy. I heard I heard that that was one of those things that makes people nauseous. Uh, I mean, there's two modes. When you start, you can say, do I want to play a nauseous mode or do I want to play not so nauseous mode? <laughs> uh, I mean, so, in so many words. Did you, do you use the controllers? So it's it's Oculus. I guess you're in the space. You're that a block yeah, yeah, yeah. person. Um, you The nauseous mode is is the use the controllers, yes. Um, a lot of the Rift games, it looks like, and or actually, sorry, the Steam games and some Rift games have... Since they don't do six degrees of movement, um, you use the controller and it walks your character around. And that's when people get dizzy, right? Because the world moves around you and you don't move. Like you don't physically move, right? So that causes this really weird off-balance feeling. And Minecraft mm. has that mode too. So yes, you're right. You can just use the, the, the joystick and move around like normal. Or, yeah, that was a thing I didn't experience when I was trying out the Oculus at your house or the Quest. Um, yeah. Because I played that Darth Vader game and you don't move. Like, both controllers have joysticks on them. I'm like, why don't these move? But you take the joystick and you push it and it gives you a little pointer that you put on the ground. Yeah. And you're basically just saying, move me there. Yeah. And then when you let up on it, your view fades and pops you teleport over there and, I'm and like, that seems to be a really nice way to do things why am i not just walking with the joystick but i never tried that so i don't know yeah because you can I just walk around in the firsthand space it it making people ill yeah walking around also felt fine but yeah. unless you're on a a you know four directional treadmill like you can't do that you're gonna run into stuff yeah so so it's it it this games, a lot of the, some of these games were made for people who are just sitting down and they don't have a headset that's tracked, right? Uh, the, on mm. some of the, the older ish ver- versions that are like five or six years old. Um, so Minecraft is like that. So you can do that, and you that's what makes when people say, "Oh, it makes me sick." That's why because it moves around. The other op- other mode that you have is where you um, you press press left on the joystick and it turns you ninety degrees, and then you press forward yeah. and it just jumps you forward one block, right? So, okay. so, so it's not, it's not like you're smoothly, the world is smoothly moving around you. Like as if you're walking, it's as, it, like you're teleporting a block forward, block forward, block backwards. Yeah, yeah, block yeah. Side. So that is, if you get nauseous like that, um, a lot of the VR mo- games I've noticed do the very first thing it does, you know, on PlayStation or console games or whatever, or even PC games, it says like set your gamma adjustment right when the game starts. <laughs> yeah. These yeah. do like, what level do you, can you handle in VR? And they will yeah, change what, the controls. What kind of that. what kind of motion are you comfortable with? Right, but anyway, I was as soon as I got on, I was like, "Oh my god, Dennis would lose his mind here because I know all of the humongous things you've built. I'm, I've seen a lot of them, <laughs> and like this is this would be your way to be able to see that the the pure scale of like the Sphinx when you made and the Eiffel Tower, like yeah, or I would or I would get in there and not be able to build anything like that ever again because i have actual 
uh, acrophobia, fear of heights. <laughs> right, I'd, right, perhaps. I'd, I'd get up in that in that space needle and be like, "What? How in the world did I do this? This is oh so gosh. high up." Here. Well, I tell you, it it was it was like a, a, being in the Minecraft world. That was very neat. Like I wanted to go explore and go. And then there's little, you know, the creepers are the creepers and the zombies you hear in the back of your head. Right. And, um, and that was very very neat. And like I now I can build a castle that I can walk around in. You know, which is super neat. So I just started it. We we discovered it as Sydney when Sydney went on right on her vacation last end of last week. Um, mm-hmm. I I have the same kind of Minecraft worry though that like you get into Minecraft then you're in it for like like wow for the next four months. You know, a couple months. Yeah, yeah. So and I don't want to get into it unless I've got friends playing. But yeah, it's super cool. I was really excited about that. And and nowadays with uh, what's it Minecraft Anywhere, wherever it's called, where you you can play out with anybody on oh, any console play together play yeah. together thing so yeah so maybe if we ever pick up minecraft again our friend group then i'll i'll be doing it in vr which would be fun i wonder if um i wonder if space engineers has a vr because that's a game i've been wanting to try again heck i wonder if satisfactory does oh no it pro- yeah i don't know i have to look it up all right that's a lot all right yeah, that's. You want to wrap this up? Yeah, yeah. We get we we saved a few lives. There's a lot that are working from home now, so we hopefully are saving yeah. more than everybody. Losing. Just just remember, stay safe. Practice your social distancing. You're washing your hands. And don't don't buy more toilet paper. Than don't you buy more toilet paper, people. <laughs> Fine. Get some of those flushable wipes, and if you just like, just use the shower. Like there are other more important. There's things. other things to do. All right, that's good. Uh, <laughs> you've been listening to Front Porch this is episode 134. Thanks always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show. It is called Klingons and Dragons. That's at KlingonsDragons.com. We just put up an episode last week. It is the finale of our, I don't know, probably like sixth or seventh uh, story arc called Signals. Um. Did I say it's not safe for work? Don't put it on if your kids are in the mm-hmm. car. Uh, if you have questions, comic, comments, feedback, tell us your favorite uh, car-focused crime drama or um, or murder mystery. Uh, you could reach out to us on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There are contact forms there. Uh, or if you are into email, you can do that. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, you can subscribe, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, all the places. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Mm-hmm.